BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, Millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. I know you guys are feeling RDH because you did not get that GMM from the both of us at the same damn time, which we will explain in one second. But first, I must know, hello, Claudia. How are you, Dern? I am Dern good. Let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it. We are podcast only today, even though... We have been like, you know, riding in the studio with every intention to finish out this gorgeous year in studio. But shit is wild here in New York. We've got a preggio and we're just not about to be like reckless with Omicron. Yeah, so cases are going crazy in New York. We're going on vacation in a few days. I'm already nervous. And one, I don't want anything to, you know, hinder our vacation. And two, of course, I really don't want to be getting COVID right now so we decided to do the last two shows from home to be extra safe because just in the last week things have really ramped up around here yeah I do think SantaCon was a huge um was catalyst a, was a super spreading event was a super spreader event and like everyone I know has COVID right now um and I honestly just can't believe I don't have it and that I haven't had it yet I'm, I think there's something wrong with me yeah do you have FOMO because like you're the only one Well, I do think that people who have had COVID, especially somewhat recently, can walk around with a little bit more of, you know, more confidence, more protection. And I don't have that confidence. I have to make up for that confidence in other ways. Um, So I would definitely be (laughs) feeling less vulnerable. I'm not worried about your confidence levels in general. (laughs) I would definitely be feeling less vulnerable if I, like everyone else, had had COVID in like the last six months. Yeah, I get that for sure. So but here I am, literally just the healthiest human alive. Oh my god, don't jinx yourself. Oh, you're right. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Nut job. It's just weird. Like Yeah. I mean, maybe COVID just like doesn't like you, doesn't want any part of any of that. COVID wouldn't be the first person to cancel me. <laughs> okay, well, we still have a great show for you guys today. We're still gonna make what was that? Of course. We're still going to make the most of the end of the year, and I'm very sorry. I'll take, you know, I'll take the hit on this one. It was my call, and I made the call, and I made the call that I was most comfortable with. So here we are, back to remote life. Jacqueline, you need not explain you protecting your unborn child, okay? Thank you, Claudia. That's beautiful. LC deserves the best. He does. He really does. And also, you know, you know who else isn't complaining? Bruno. You know what? I always, whenever we talk about your baby, because like, you know, some people don't announce like the gender of their child. I'm like pussyfooting around pronouns, even though I forgot you fully like told everyone you're having a boy. Yeah, but I still always just call the baby Elsie and Elsie is a very girly terminology. It sounds like a name. I refer to this child as a she all the time. No, I do. Like, I feel that way too. And Elsie sounds like E-L-S-I-E. 
Elsie. Yeah, no, Elsie. It sounds like a gorgeous, gorgeous name. Yeah, so I understand the confusion. I do. And sometimes I refer to, like, my bump as a female, not the baby, but just, like, Preggio is looking, like, so, she's so cute. That you know? makes sense. So I, I can see that it's confusing. I, I think I've done that sometimes on Instagram and people are like, aren't you having a boy? No, totally. And I'm like, yes, Karen, I'm having a boy. No, I just have to um, text my husband. Like, I forgot. I never podcast from home anymore. He is so fucking loud just on a call. Like, we'll probably hear him, like, chatting. I'm podcasting. Do you think we'll hear some deals being made down. today? Hear what? Hear some deals being made in the background. I mean, hopefully that we should be so lucky to be making some deals on the Thursday before Christmas. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for the holidays. I know all of you are, too. So let's just get into this episode because that will get us through the day, gets us closer to Friday, gets us closer to the weekend. And you know how it goes from there. We have an amazing show for you guys today. Of course, as always, we are delivering the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And we are also uh, talking about Real Housewives of Orange County last night, which was full of just like bombs being dropped do you agree yeah it was a very interesting episode I have a lot of thoughts but I'm still feeling really good about the space that Orange County is in I'm Mm -hmm. just a little confused about some things which I think you and I will be able to clear up you know just talking through the issues well you and I are constantly clearing things up so that should come as a surprise to nobody constant it's constant other than that it's honestly exhausting to be (laughs) constantly clearing things up for everyone um before we jump in, though, any how was your day? Anything, any updates, life, personal that you want to share with the class? What the fuck did I do yesterday? Um, I really don't remember. All the days, when it's winter, like, all the days become one. I didn't really do anything of value yesterday except, like, answer emails and lay in bed and, ew, I had, I had pasta for dinner. That didn't sit well with me. So what I spent kind? a majority of the night on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what kind of pasta? And who made it? I mean, it was a gorgeous local restaurant that I don't want to slander, but it was Serafina. Right. And you told us yesterday you were going to be ordering Serafina. I'm a woman of my word. You know what? I think I'm going to blame you for this one. Like, Serafina is tried and true. Maybe you're... Yeah. I don't think it was necessarily what I ate. I think it was the pace in which I ate it. Like, I sat down at the table like I'd never seen food before. Mm. And I just went to town on this pasta and this pizza. And even if I was eating, like, salad, that's just not a normal way to inhale food. Like, it was a full binge. Damn. Okay. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Slow the fuck down. Yeah. Wow. That's really wild. Sorry about that. It kind of ruined my night. Yeah, it's ruined my night too. (laughs) And your morning. How was your day? My day was good. You know, it was pretty chill and I was just reading a lot. I'm reading The Family by Naomi Kapiti. I told everyone that and I'm still reading it. And I'm not loving it as much as Dana recommended it. So that's where I'm at with that. She's imperfect. She really is. She's quite imperfect. She's imperfect, but she tries. (laughs) That's Dana. Okay, let's jump right in. We've got a lot to chat about. So without further ado to do to do, it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. I was like waiting for someone else to do the crunch. I'm like, you. Jackie, have you learned nothing about this world? If you want something done, you have to get it done yourself. (laughs) Thanks, Claudia. Which is why today's sponsor, 
Which is why today's sponsor is Spritz Society, the brand we needed so desperately we created it ourselves. Spritz Society is the Spritz Perfected, a sparkling cocktail made with real wine, real flavors, and real ingredients, made by a bunch of real bitches, us. It's an absolutely delicious, award-winning sparkling cocktail, and it's about making your best days even better. Spritz Society is made in Sonoma with 100% real sparkling wine from California, and it's infused with natural flavors. Each 8.4-ounce can contains 6% alcohol content and 120 calories. And we believe every toaster should have Spritz for the holidays. That's why everything on SpritzSociety.com is 15% off today. And if you order through Friday, it'll still be 15% off, and you'll get it in time for the holidays. So you get 15% off, 15% off. 15% off. And again, if you order between now and Friday, you get that discount and you'll get it before the holidays. Shop from four delicious flavors, grapefruit, blood orange, pineapple, and lemon. And if you've already tried Spritz, now is the perfect time to subscribe and be stocked up on Spritz all day, every day. Head to SpritzSociety.com, S-P-R-I-T-Z-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y.com. Get 15% off site-wide today through Friday, December 17th. And don't miss out. Check it out. You'll not regret it. You're going to love the flavors. You're going to love bringing them as a gift. It's the perfect thing to drink. Um, and ever since we started this brand, I have seriously not drank one other thing except tequila. I can't lie. <laughs> um, also, my husband likes to combine. He likes to make like spritz and gin together. So there are some fun. You can make like craft cocktails using this as a kind of a mixer. And yep. it's like a delicious elevated vibe. So please enjoy a spritz for those of us who can't this holiday season, namely me. When we were when we were day drinking the other week, um, the restaurant we were at sent us a free bottle of um, champagne. And I had snuck like a couple of spritzes in my purse. And we put the grapefruit spritz with the champagne. It was so good. That sounds really good. So bubbly. Spritz. Spritz, the perfect drink to put in your purse. <laughs> spritz, the perfect drink to drink with other drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Give that. Give those to Ben. See if he wants to. Yeah, run yeah. Any I'll send them to the marketing team. The marketing <laughs> department's all over it. Now, finally, when we come up with a slogan at the end of an ad read, we can give it to someone. You know, Jackie, I actually feel like we were kind of born to be like ad agency girlies. I could see us in those roles, but you know what? It's not that far fetched because, like, our business is social media, which is a form mm -hmm. of marketing, which is a form of advertising. You know, it's all but under like, the same umbrella. You know in the movie um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days when they're just like sitting around the conference room thinking of like different slogans? Like that's literally what we do for free on a daily basis. Yeah, no, in another life and like before I started, did any of this, like that really was my job. Like I was that girl who was like coming up with like punchy hashtag slogans for like yeah. brands. But you know what else? Like working in advertising is actually not that. Ben worked in advertising for like eight years before Spritz. And it's actually, like, the worst. Like, you don't do any of that. You, like, RFP people and you, like, just spend your whole day, like, buying media on websites and shit. Yeah, no, it's not, like, the wheeling and dealing of Don Draper. No, not at all. No. Okay, are you ready for our first story? Some crazy news. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but Jeff Garland is exiting the Goldbergs after an HR investigation of onset <gasps> behavior. So this has been an ongoing story. What? I want to share all the details because... It's detailed. Actor Jeff Garland will not return to ABC's comedy series The Goldbergs following a string of misconduct allegations against the actor and an HR investigation into his onset behavior. Two sources close to production confirmed to Variety that it was a mutual decision that Garland would not return. 
Garland had recently addressed allegations against him in an interview with Variety with Vanity Fair, acknowledging that an HR investigation into his onset behavior had been ongoing for the past three years and dismissing a rumor that he had been fired from the series. This is what he said. He said, well, to be honest with you, there is no story. We have a difference of opinion, Sony and myself. Okay, my opinion is I have my process about how I'm funny in terms of the scene and what I have to do. They feel that it makes for a, quote, unsafe workspace. Now, mind you, my silliness making an unsafe workspace, I don't understand how that is. I'm always kind and thoughtful person. I make mistakes, sure, but my comedy is about easing people's pain. Why would I ever want to cause pain in anybody for a laugh? That's bullying. That's just uncalled for. So he is being cited with like emotional and verbal abuse on set what okay like what when i hear misconduct or like you've been asked to leave i always think like sexual yeah no you you think the worst but that's not it basically he was just being like a dick yeah i think they have like a difference of opinion over like what's you know funny workplace jokes and he was creating an unsafe space with his version of those things and I guess after a lot of complaints and like an HR investigation, like they thought it better that he leave over this. Well, that's crazy because first of all, he's been on the show since its, its inception. He's one of the biggest stars on the show. I know he's one of the highest paid people on the show. Um, and he's like one of the better characters. So I do think that the show will suffer creatively. But I just find it interesting that like this is where Hollywood draws the line because you know if you read Dumois you're just like obsessed with celebrity culture you know most A-listers like are animals like they're unbelievably rude disrespectful condescending so I wonder what it is that he had to do to actually get fired because some of the most famous people in the world who get tons of gigs are awful yeah I agree with that also in the absence of explicit examples or things that like they're just saying like they don't like his you know behavior general attitude and I'm sure he probably has this like old school way of making jokes that like are Mm -hmm. you know considered unsafe for you know younger people or millennials whatever yeah um but this is seems a little extreme well because it's so vague like if if we knew what the fuck they were talking about maybe we would be like oh yeah he should go but leaving us to our imaginations it ain't helping yeah I agree it just makes me think of curb of course. Obviously, because it's also Jeff Garland. And I do hope that they um, work this into some sort of episode because that would be extremely on the nose. Yeah, but what's funny is like Jeff Garland would never get fired from Curb because it's such like an old school comedy. It's like the exact dichotomy of like old and new. Like ABC, like yeah. all these young yeah. kids. Cable is very, you know, sensitive. And HBO and Larry are like, they don't care. So I... It's funny that he's on two shows that I think really um, express the dichotomy we're currently discussing. Right. I'm sure Larry and Jeff are like, you know, rolling their eyes at this right now. And also, yeah, he was on two extreme shows that like you would think like you have to be different on set for both of them. But I guess he was just going to be himself on both. You know who I would like to hear from on this Wendy McClendon Covey? No, better. I would like to hear from Yancey, and I would like to know if on the set of Sleepover, if Jeff Garland was making it an unsafe environment. (laughs) I had absolutely no idea where you were going with that because I totally forgot that Jeff Garland was the dad in Sleepover. Um, And that kind of just highlights his really impressive resume thus far. Yeah. No, I'm a Jeff Garland girly, so this is like... 
it's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. And again, in the absence of like real examples, it's hard to feel motivated to be like, yeah, down with Jeff. Get Carter. him. Like just because he made like bad jokes that people don't like. Right. Like, were they racist? Can I get a little bit of uh, some detail? No, they were just making people uncomfortable. How so? Right. I don't know. Well, so, you know, I know he was making a lot of money from that show. Like, that that's definitely a bummer. The paycheck. Yeah. That's but a you great know, show. I like mean, big- I don't... I don't watch it like I haven't watched it in so long but I used to and it's just like so fucking funny it is except I do have like one major problem with it and my problem with it is also my favorite part of the show Wendy McLeod and LaVoy like not being Jewish being a Jewish mother the show is basically like an 80s Jewish family and the mom who's really the center of a Jewish family she's known for you know the cooking the gossiping and Wendy McClendon Covey is an amazing character, but her character ain't Jewish. Like, I, like she just gives me no Jewish vibes whatsoever. Um, so in that way, I feel the show lacks a little bit of authenticity, but it is still just like a hilarious, great, funny, you know, harmless sitcom. I agree completely. But it, it's like, I'm okay with it, but it is a, a plot hole. Yeah. It's a plot hole, for sure. Okay, well, we'll see what Jeff does next, and we'll keep you posted if anything more surfaces from this story as opposed to the vagueness of the Variety article. I feel like it won't. Like, they've said the limited thing they're going to say, and they're moving on. Like, I don't feel like we're getting, like, a whole investigation into this. Because also, like, nobody cares. No, like, the investigation has been ongoing. (laughs) Right. No, the investigation's done. No, yeah, this was the result. Good day. (laughs) Okay, next up, Zendaya pens a sweet tribute to, quote, my Spider-Man, Tom Holland. So Zendaya took to Instagram on Wednesday to give a shout out to Tom Holland ahead of the release of their new movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. In the post, the actress shared two photos of the actor in his Spider-Man suit and said, quote, my Spider-Man, I'm so proud of you. Some things never change and good thing. Oh, that's really cute. These two have obviously sparked dating speculation for years, and their romance was confirmed this past summer when they were photographed kissing in a car. I mean, people live for these two. Live, eat, sleep, breathe, and die. Um, And I'm not one of those people, but I'm so happy for those people because they've recently been, like, extremely public. Like, I've been seeing all over my TikTok, the Spider-Man premieres were all this week, and they were just being very PDA. They kissed, you know, they were both wearing their masks, and everyone was like, mask kiss. Um, They kissed in their masks? Like mask, actually Zendaya was not wearing a mask and Tom was wearing a mask and she kissed his mask, which is actually really unsanitary. Beyond, I didn't see that. That would have changed everything for me. (laughs) Whatever. All I'm saying is the Spider-Man premiere has been this weekend. So there's been like a lot of moments that we're getting from them. And for the Zendaya Tom stands, like that's more than they've gotten in the last six years. So very, very happy for them. I'm happy for them too and I believe that like they are dating based on you know what we've seen so far but it is giving like a little bit maybe she got this from Zac Efron but like Zac Efron in a movie with a leading lady who he's trying to convince the world that he's dating vibes because it's good for the movie I feel like once this movie comes out like these two might you know peter out a little bit and they're playing it up you know it's same with like bradley cooper lady gaga though that was extreme like the movie has more interest when you think that the leads are dating so even though i think that they probably have like been romantic i think that they're also playing it up because it's really good for movie sales i want to say two things 
One, I do think Zendaya is above that because she has been in so many films where, like, even Greatest Showman, like, everyone was like, her and Zac Efron, Zac Efron loves her. She wouldn't give into it. So, like, if she hasn't done it in the past, I don't imagine why she would do it with this particular movie, which has such a cult following, Marvel, DC, whichever one it is. Like, people are going to see Spider-Man no matter what. I don't think it needs that boost. And there have been other movies Zendaya has been a part of where it could have used that boost. I agree that Zendaya is above it, but I think that because they like genuinely are probably like hooking up, dating, whatever, mm-hmm. she doesn't mind playing it up because it is coming from a real place. Oh, yeah, for sure. And everyone wins. Like we're in love and our movie's making more money. Right. And people are saying that this is going to be the movie to break like the box office COVID curse. Like this one is going to hit. Oh, I actually believe that. Someone just told me, they're like, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, nothing. Like, I'm going to see Spider-Man alone. I'm like, why? But people, like, have, like, bought tickets, like, months in advance. Yeah, I think this movie's going to be huge um, and do what West Side Story couldn't. Which was shocking. And I've actually been seeing a lot of people talking about the West Side Story breakdown of it all. um, And how, like, a lot of this failure rests on the shoulders of Steven Spielberg. How so? Well, because, you know, if anyone was going to break the curse, it was going to be Steven Spielberg. And there was like all this pressure. And if there was all this success, it was going to be given to Steven Spielberg. But the fact that there was all this failure, it's a sword that swings both ways. That is so true, because it's like if there was all this success, it wouldn't have been given to Ansel Elgort. No, and honestly, it wouldn't have been given to Rachel Zegler. It's like, oh, nobody. Spielberg does it again. Hundred percent. So with that success comes like the the burden of failure. Damn, Steven sucks. He couldn't bring us out of it. But I do think Spider-Man, it's always those types of movies, the comic con movies, you know? Yes, of course. Exactly. So these two are cute. And, you know, if if your ship is out to sea for them, like, I'm so happy for you. I'll see you on the open seas. You know, I'll be cruising. I'll be be ship jumping. So maybe we can sync up. You're a pirate. You're a pirate, like, going onto people's ships. No, I'm just, like, just, like, Leo in San Tropez. Like, I'm just, like, ship-hopping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. I mean, there have been so many Spider-Man iterations. Like, which Spider-Man is, like, your, like, the Spider-Man that you reference? Probably the only one I ever saw, which was, you know, him and her, uh, Kirsten Dunst and Toby. Yeah. I think that will, like, always be my Spider-Man. Yeah, but it's just about, like, what age you were. And, you know, if I saw more than one, maybe I would have a different frame of reference. I think there was one before Peter. Uh, not Peter. That's his name in the movie. Um, before Tobey Maguire, right? Definitely. This is a tale as old as time. Yeah. You know, what do you think about Tom Holland being shorter than Zendaya? Well, I, I saw headlines about it, the shortness before I saw a picture. And then I saw a picture, and it's like... He's not that much shorter, you know? It's not like Chriselle and Jason Oppenheim. Like, Yeah, that's bad. And, like, Zendaya is so tall. So I think, like, Tom Holland's also probably tall. I don't think he's ever, like, had a a complex about his height before now. No, but when they're on red carpets, she's always wearing heels. Yeah, and I think it's better that she's wearing heels as opposed to, like, insulting him by wearing flats. Yeah. And Zendaya's, like, not going to wear the red—be on the red carpet in flats— no, and just what is your philosophy on, like, this whole thing, like, boys being shorter than girls? Because, like, personally, um, like, I really don't think it's a big deal. And I like how people are, like, girls I know are, like, so, like, red flag, he's short. And then it's, like, not a red flag that he's, like, the meanest man alive. You know, like, they care about the wrong <laughs> shit. Like, Yeah. 
No, I totally agree. It's hard to, because I'm so short. Right, this has never been a problem for us. It's never been a problem, so it's hard to, like, put myself in that mindset, you know? Yeah, but I just think, like, people should be worried about other more important red flags than the fact that, like, he's a little short. I completely agree. I Like, really justice do. for the short guys. Look at you. I, I've changed my tune ever since the Reddit days. Yeah, look at you. Have I shared okay, that story on the podcast? Yes, I think that you have. I think you also talked okay. about it in your book. No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, are you ready for our next story? Only if it's a story that's brought to you by Zotique. Do you think that's the case? A hundred percent. Are your years of acne yet still struggling with the dark marks and acne scars that time left behind? Zotique skincare is artfully crafted for all skin types and uses scientifically powered ingredients to deliver the complete results your body deserves. Zotique's new deep correcting serum provides the benefits of lactic acid with zero irritation on your face. Combined with cutting edge skincare technology to deliver, the, to deliver the purest vitamin C effortlessly to the layers of the skin that need it the most. This new deep correcting serum promises skin that is smooth as silk, free from redness, and a visible reduction of acne scars. So whatever issues you might be struggling, I personally struggle with a lot of redness, especially in the cold months. Um, lactic acid is like the best ingredient, and that's what's in the Zotique uh, correcting serum. And you will feel visible results after you use it. Like, remember when we did our makeup tutorial and you told me my skin was like so soft Jackie mm-hmm. that was from the Zotique uh, deep correcting serum and they're offering 15% off their breakthrough deep correcting serum at ZotiqueSkincare.com when you use code toast 15 so the website is Zotique skincare z-o-t-i-q-u-e skincare.com code toast 15 at checkout your order is shipped free to your door with guaranteed results before the last drop or get 100% of your money back guarantee go to z-o-t-i-q-u-e skincare.com and enter code toast 15 for 15% off Awesome. Okay, our next story, Flavor Flav is talking about that iconic evening with Kim and Pete. He said he was honored oh. to be. Oh, Jackie, I thought you were talking about that iconic evening with Pumpkin in New York. Oh, a, a second most iconic evening with Kim and Pete. He was honored to be Pete's birthday gift at the party with Kim. So Flavor Flav told Entertainment Tonight, when it comes down to Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian, first of all, to me, that is family. You know what I'm saying? He said, the whole night I was so honored to be in their presence. One thing I could say is that Pete Davidson loves himself some Flavor Flav. Everything he does is Flavor Flav this, Flavor Flav that, Flavor Flav this, Flavor Flav that. Wow, that's a mouthful. So that's Kim's, a mouthful. So Kim said, okay, well, for your birthday, you're going to have Flavor Flav. She sent for me, and that's how I ended up there. She sent for me. Like, what does that entail? A limousine? Yeah, he said, I I was the birthday gift, and check this out, being that that man had so much love for me, I did something for the first time ever in my life. I took my clock from around my neck, and I gave it to him, (gasps) and I never gave a clock to nobody. Oh, my God, that's so special. That is really special. I mean, we had so many questions about this, you know, gathering, and Mm -hmm. this makes it all make sense. And the fact that, like, Kim would get Pete a birthday present – like this, you know, his favorite person just to hang out with for the night is so romantic. 
it's really thoughtful too because you know when you reach a level of celebrity you can get you know as many birkin bags as you want but at some point like you have all these material items like they start to mean nothing and you have to get really creative when you're really rich with gifts and i think that this is like really sweet especially you have to consider these two have not been together that long so you don't want to go over the top and like you know hella romantic when it's like you've been on three dates but you also want to you know make the person feel special i think this was such a good gift such a good gift honestly the kardashians and especially kim like they're so good about creative thoughtful gifts like yes and i think also i mean kanye was too just really like over the top it's so sentimental even you know like kim doing all those outfits for chris for her birthday it's like oh yeah remaking that video remaking the video renting out the old house for oh yeah you know she's so so good about it and thoughtful and she she spends her money like in the best ways possible like these are all still like really expensive endeavors it's not like she's getting them a teddy bear and being like it's the thought that counts you know but just really thinking everything through it's really a great skill to have they are her joy and pride yeah damn you know what that's actually a very very good call I forgot about the house I think that's probably of all the things that Kim has done the one that like really I think moved me the most like renting out that old house that they all grew up in um you're right like they're great with and of course those things cost a lot of money and you have to be like you know very powerful to do it but it's nice to see and they do they do the the materialistic Birkins and all that stuff Mm -hmm. rich bitch but they also do the nice sentimental stuff because they're family and that's what they value yeah it's really really sweet so that's just another point in the column for kim totally are you ready for our next story yes speaking of a bad gift vanderpump rules is lala kent reveals her engagement ring from her ex randall emmett is fake after getting a (gasps) six carat diamond tested following the split what yeah okay so yesterday Lala put out a podcast episode that I've been meaning to listen to I just like haven't had the headspace and then today a podcast episode with Kim Kardashian and Barry Weiss came out and so like that got bumped up to the top of my list so I was listening to that this morning but Lala did a podcast episode where she is going in on everything including the fact that she found out that her six carat diamond from Randall was fake she said Yeah, she admitted on the podcast that she's finding out new things daily about the film producer that are such a, quote, punch in the gut following reports that he cheated on her. On her podcast, she discovered that her ring wasn't real through a series of events. Before their split, she overheard a conversation Randall was having with her mom about how some rappers take shitty diamonds and make them pretty, which then sparked curiosity over her own bauble. After they broke up, she took the ring to a highly recommended jeweler and found the GIA certification, which described the stone as treated by one or more processes to its color change. So then... She said the jeweler told her that the diamond was, quote, most likely brown before the treatment, and he placed the stone in the teens as opposed to the $150,000 price tag from the original jeweler, Richie Rich. Lala said, I don't I love any type of ring that is given and has sentimental value. I don't care if it was $100. I don't care if it was $100 million. I don't. No wonder he whose name we shall not mention flew in four times. He had to make sure the shit brown diamond was clear. Who is that? I don't know. I have to listen. Randall. Oh, really? I guess, yeah, he, yeah, he would be, he, who else would it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she continued talking about just like this complete betrayal that she feels 
towards him, she reflected on her relationship and said, I just wondered how I could feel so safe with someone and to have a conversation about starting a family with him. She added that him making me feel safe enough to bring this beautiful, innocent life into this world is hard. It haunts me daily, like I said. Yeah, I mean, I guess she always knew certain things about him and she was like very upfront with that. But I don't think she ever really thought that so much of the relationship was fraudulent. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I I this reading this article and I'm sure when I do listen to this episode, like I think it's like every single thing that we've seen is a lie. And she said, yeah, she said the only truth I feel that existed in my relationship was me and my daughter Ocean, like everything else is a lie well you know what I think you know it's his finances have been questionable because yes he's like a movie producer but the flying private and all this stuff never fully sat right because like his most recent movie was like an epic failure we we just spoke about that and I don't see him doing like tons of you know high grossing films so I don't think he's broke by any means but I think he was definitely living beyond his means yeah, definitely. And to just like, I mean, t- you can get someone any ring of any size, color, quality, but to be dishonest about what it is, you know, then you have a dishonest relationship. Right. It's always the cover up. Like, it's yeah. the lie. I don't think she really cares that like she had a sick, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it was nice security knowing you have $150,000 on your hand if you ever need to flee, but it's the lying that's like most hurtful. Yeah, but if he said like this was all I could swing right now, I love you and I want to marry course. you, like there would be no nefariousness. No, it's always like the lack of honesty is always the biggest problem. Always. Yeah, I agree. So, anyways, well, that's this so is shocking. Shocking. I'm thinking of Lala and little baby Ocean. But I have to say, I'm actually think she's handling this business wise in a really like smart way because. You know, I hadn't really heard much about her podcast, but I, I constantly, like now on a daily basis, see her podcast being referenced, things she's doing, saying, and, you know, she has a business to run now. She has a family to take care of, and podcasts can be extremely lucrative if you have a big audience. So, you know what, like, I'm, I think it's actually extremely smart. Yeah, I agree. And she's doing a good job of, like, teasing stuff and... Right, she's doing no interviews. Like, she's not giving this to Daily Pop. Like, she's doing it all on her own platform, owning it, making money off of it, and that's what she has to do. Well, she also did Melissa Gorga's podcast and was talking about it with her. Good. But, you know, the fanfare eventually does die down, so, like, you need to, like, kind of milk it. Yeah. No, I think that she's being extremely savvy, and and she was just talking about, like, that she doesn't even know how she has the strength to, like, continue right now like you know just to keep putting one foot in front of the other based on everything that she's finding out which is yeah but you know what it's actually great that she has her baby because if she didn't like it's really easy to fall into like a spiral and like drink or just like be depressed when you have a baby like that baby keeps you up keeps you going and so it's a blessing for sure yeah definitely and now for our fifth and final story are you ready for it is it the story that's brought to you by papa and barkley yes it is There's a lot of benefits of CBD, but it can be really hard to find reliable products. But we've got Pop and Barkley. They create award-winning CBD solutions for pain, stress, sleep, and everyday wellness. And unlike less effective CBD brands, they have an unmatched, clean, chemical-free, whole plant process with proven results. Pop and Barkley understands wanting the absolute best for the people we care about most. The founder, Adam Grossman, created the groundbreaking relief bomb to ease his father's debilitating back pain. If you have back pain, Ben actually is having terrible back pain right now. You know, like, how desperate you can be for relief. And their CBD relief bomb delivers hours of comfort with simple plant-based ingredients in an at-home test use with over 300 participants 
participants, users reported a 40% reduction in daily discomfort just in one week of using the bomb. Their award-winning CBD oil, Relief Drops, is their fastest metabolizing daily wellness for easing daily stress, discomfort, and supporting a good night's sleep. So there's so many benefits to CBD, but like we said, it can be really hard to find, like, products that are reliable and Papa and Barkley is proven good. They are on a mission to improve lives through CBD in its purest, cleanest form possible. Go to Papa and slash toast for 20% off your first purchase. So that's Papa and Barkley CBD.com slash toast P A P A and Barkley B A R K L E Y CBD.com slash toast for 20% off their products papa and barkley cbd.com slash toast for 20% off your first purchase um we tried a little i've personally tried a lot of cbd brands in the past and i can say papa and barkley is proven and it's really great for back pain if you're struggling i have like you know bad lower lumbar support um cbd is a great alternative and papa and barkley cbd is great so that's papa and barkley cbd.com slash toast 20% off your first purchase great our fifth and final story is a little casting news because the first photos of Amanda Seyfried as Elizabeth Holmes have dropped oh. and she is looking the part. So ever since Hulu announced it was turning Elizabeth Holmes' story into a series back in 2019, we have been anxiously awaiting new developments. On December 15th, we finally got our first look at Amanda Seyfried as the one and only Theranos founder, Black Turtleneck and all. If you guys remember, Kate McKinnon was originally supposed to play Holmes, but she later dropped out of the project and Amanda Seyfried replaced her. I don't remember reading the news that Amanda Seyfried replaced her, but after seeing this photo, it is so on point. I think she's going to do a great job yeah uh, visually I think it definitely works yeah so as you guys know the trial is happening right now and the dropout the show on Hulu is based on the podcast ABC's podcast that's um out now so the show airs on March 3rd 2022 I watched the documentary and it's a pretty crazy story so I will probably watch this especially if it's like Mm -hmm. well acted and well produced to see what happens hopefully by then there's like you know an ending to the story in the trial right I never watched the documentary so I don't feel like um involved in this at all you know yeah yeah I I mean I want to tell you to watch it just because it was a really good documentary but you're not like like I missed out on all the fanfare no but the fanfare is happening right now it really is and especially with the trial everybody's talking about it it's hard to keep up with like so many trials right now like why is it justice season no, so many trials, but, you know, thankfully two of them we've crossed off our list, Juicy and Josh Duggar, but we're still keeping our eye on Ghislaine and we're still keeping our eye on Theranos. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, like, the Theranos one has definitely slipped through the cracks, so that's why I'm excited to re-up in March mm-hmm. and get caught up on what's been going on. Yeah, um, I feel like we have the Ghislaine trial has been, like, pretty quiet recently, but I think they've been on, like, break until t- today. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I just haven't heard anything since those, you know, Prince, uh, Queen Elizabeth, Andrew House pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the last I heard, but I agree it's been really quiet. Yeah. But no surprise. No surprise. Um, so those are the fast five stories. And do you feel as though? I feel as though everybody needed to know them. And now I feel ready to launch into Real Housewives of Orange County recap. Okay, so last night was Real Housewives of Orange County episode after the major dinner party from hell. 
Um, and it was quite shocking. I think obviously the most shocking moment, everyone was, you know, things were happening. People were meeting, they were chatting, they were making up, they were getting into fights. But when Noella called Shannon and just dropped the absolute bomb that her husband fled to Puerto Rico and filed for divorce, that was like some OG housewife shit. Like what? Yeah, it's, I mean, that in itself is a really interesting story that I look forward to delving into. And and thankfully, in the two episodes that I've known her, I, I like Noella and I'm here for her journey and I'm interested. But to mm-hmm. sign onto a reality show and then to, literally two days later, like your husband is leaving you, you have these tax liens, yeah. IRS, etc. Like, it's just, it's 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 suspect I'm not understanding fully everything and it's like is this a coincidence no like did your husband put you on the show because you know as we've seen before he wanted to give you something as a parting gift even though he's given her absolutely nothing and like she doesn't even have a credit card right now so I'm just like a little bit we've seen this so many times that now I'm like cynical suspicious and I'm suspicious. I am. And mm. I'm not suspicious of her because I think she's like a really sweet, great girl. And I nice think that girl. all of the emotions she's experiencing are extremely genuine. I'm just suspicious of like the timing. It's so, so weird. You had this perfect charmed life and then you signed up for a reality show and a week later, like it comes crashing down in every sense. You know, the timing is insane, but I agree. It's like it felt super genuine from her, um, especially with all that tax stuff that came out first. And I just... I thought it was like cool that we were getting her in her tax drama. I never thought we would be getting her in her divorce era. Yeah. So it's it's really weird. And I also feel like like Gina did something similar. You know, she knew she yes. like her, her husband yes. was like, you know, having this affair and the the fir- whole first season she was like covering up for him, but like a lot of women like come on the show like to get divorced, to get out. Yeah, which I think makes a lot of sense, but the way that she's acting like, you know, 2 days ago they had the perfect life. And two days later, it's, you know, down the tubes and it happens to all be on television is I like I just am now suspicious. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I've never seen in real time, like housewives inviting one another over. Like when Shannon and and Gina were out to drinks and they invited Noella over because they were like worried about her. And she like got dressed in 30 minutes and came. That was just crazy because I've just I've just never seen that. Like those scenes are also staged and like timed out. Yeah. That I was really shocked um, to see her just get dressed and come. Yeah, I agree. I think it's about a few things. One, I think the women of Orange County like truly go out with each other every night, like yeah. even in the off season. And that's why, like, you know, the conversation between like Shannon telling Gina and Emily about the Dubrow lawsuit like was off camera aired because they, like they literally just like go out to drinks every night. I feel like last year also like with Bronwyn and everyone like even before the yeah. season started like they had all of this stuff because like they actually hang out and it's also uh, a testament to how absolutely stunning Noella is that she can just walk out of her house oh. no makeup like go from crying to the club and yeah. she looks incredible. I mean I I couldn't personally and I think a lot of women probably no, wouldn't never. especially because there's cameras there right and like everyone's like talking about you because your husband is like somewhat of a local celebrity yeah yeah but like she's just like so so beautiful it's like oh yeah I'll just swirl out of bed and, and let's get a drink yeah um so I felt like there was something really missing from this episode and that's any sort of accountability on Nicole Weiss for still lying about the lawsuit so I I think there's a lot of people to blame but for some reason 
And I think the probably the person who holds the mo- bears the most responsibility and has the most like things to apologize for is the one person not being held accountable by anyone. And that's the thing. Like, even though I don't agree with Shannon's like methods, she's the only one still being like. And I still stand by the fact that it's really weird that Nicole was suing Terry twenty years ago and Heather doesn't know about it. And it is weird. Why is nobody else talking about that? Yeah, I I agree. Like that she's like known this and was her friend and didn't bring it up it, it seems like the lawsuit was really like didn't go anywhere maybe it was brought up and then like immediately dropped and so I don't think it had any bearing on Terry in reality but he knew her name he said you're Nicole Weiss like it was obviously something yeah no I agree with you it's I agree but every like it's such a weird thing because the way I thought I would have felt like was like, oh, my God, like once this is exposed, like drag her. Like, how could she be in your house when she sued you, tried to take your house yeah. away? And now it's like, no, this is someone's like personal medical history. Now we all know that she had right. this like really bad um, experience 20 job. years ago. Yeah. And it's like that's a I, I shouldn't know that. So whoever told no, me I that agree. is wrong. When Nicole <laughs> said straight to Shannon and was like, you know, there's some, the whatever it is that you feel like sharing my personal medical history I completely agree with but it is also just gossip so like I don't know I just think there's like a little bit of accountability on Nicole's part that like is not being required which makes me feel weird yeah and so now it's like I don't know how Shannon and Heather are gonna get to a better place and I don't know how Nicole and Emily are gonna move forward either because everyone else is like the thing is Nicole is not a full-time housewife like I don't think she needs to be on good terms with Emily like She's not really in the main drag. That's true. I fucking love Emily. Like, I think her home scenes are just fascinating. I love the dynamic of her kids having mature conversations about religion. And I just literally, like, would die for her. And the thing is, we got, like, similar amounts of personal footage from Emily and Jen. And, like, Jen absolutely has to go. She is giving me nothing in the group settings and everything in the personal settings which is the worst she has to go I completely forgot about her and it would have been another recap where we didn't even mention her if you didn't bring her up the fact that she's a housewife and Nicole isn't like that's where things don't make sense to me also when they unnecessarily gave us a close-up of that man's jaw and a needle going into it um and it was like with no warning like they just like oh my god totally raw dogged it I was like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> it was nuts. It was nuts. Like, all one scene, we're having lunch. Next, there's a needle in a man's jaw. I, like, and this she is she went in very rough. This is a nip tuck. Oh, no. Just remembering it sends a chill down my spine. Yeah, it was really gross. And like, She's who was that guy? Why do I care about his jaw? Her first three episodes of A Housewife, as a housewife, are a total failure. I'm open to her growing in different ways, but for maybe on like a group trip. But for right now, it's like there's this big group of people and they're not really all connected yet, but there's like these little nucleuses inside of like different groups, different connections. And she's not a part of it whatsoever. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't really see like myself falling for her, but unless there is a grave injustice that occurs and only Dr. Jen is taking up the mantle right. of justice that's how i could be turned around her husband should put a shirt on because like yep. it's so odd that he's never wearing one i don't get it yeah and it's like not to be ageist but like come on grow up like we're we're old we're adults like put your shirt on you know like we get it like 
you're shirtless. You live, we get it. You live by the water. No, but like, that's not a personality trait, you know? Totally. And then I just want to say in regards to Heather um, and that text she sent to Shannon. Ooh, she read her to filth. Read her to filth. I would never want to be on the receiving end of a text like that in my life. It was such a crazy text message. Like, SAT words, condescension. the vocabulary. It had everything. And you know what? Heather, like, was not in this episode, like, at all, except for that scene with Terry. Yeah. But that's Heather. She's never meant to be, like, she's not the main course. Yeah, she's not the main course. You know what? I actually really appreciated Terry telling everyone he does his own Botox because I was thinking you look very different and I couldn't put my finger on it, but he's injecting himself with Botox. If I was around that much Botox, I would do the same. Yeah, no, he's he's done a lot of self-work um, and that <laughs> is clear. That's a good way yeah. to phrase it. Yeah, but, and I'm glad that he was honest about it. As I'm gl- also glad that Shannon was real about those six vials of fillers that she got. Oh, you know, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, interesting that she didn't go to Dr. Jen. Yeah. No, I thought that was really interesting because she did look really different and she still looks kind of different. But then also, she, so she wants, like, she didn't like how it looked, but she's also still getting injections. Like, what was she injecting? She was getting know. injected with Dissolver. Oh. That's what the woman said. So she had all this filler under her eyes that, like, swallowed her face so that she had already done it once and she really liked the results. So she did more Dissolver to dissolve the filler that she didn't like at the reunion last year. Got it. Oh, my God. It is just, like, a never-ending thing when you are getting No, plastic surgery is just never-ending. It's never-ending. And, like, you, you go over, so then you do more to take it away, but then you're doing even more. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's Damn. a toxic, toxic, vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle for sure. Um, so I think that this this c- series has really bounced back, like in a fresh, <laughs> great way. I was very skeptical. But now a few episodes in, I can say I'm actually really like looking forward to and enjoying it. Me too. Agreed. This is And like- they're doing just a better job of making OC look like a fun, cool place to live. 100%. For some reason, like with Bronwyn and Kelly, it was like, what is this sad town? Like, why are we filming a reality show no, here? I- and now it's like every restaurant is elevated, all the outfits. Like, it's much more chic and luxurious. I completely agree. The restaurants are like popping. It's like, are we mm-hmm. going to be able to hear the conversation over all this excitement that's happening at After the restaurant? This- yeah, literally. And you know what? It really... And I enjoy it even more because of, like, in the COVID shadow uh, in so many other shows. Like, I feel like they're really living in a post-COVID world, and it's a pleasure to watch. It's a pleasure. And Um, those are my thoughts. While this is our second-to-last episode of the year, I did feel like it would only be right to do something we haven't done in a while. What's that? Deliver a little of a... Kelly's mindless news like the 4th of July. Because, you know, she's been... Do it. It's a, we haven't been, like, you know, reporting on it, but that doesn't mean she hasn't been being mindless, you know? Don't forget that. Yeah. No, no, I would and never. The mindless, and I, I, I need no, you to know, know what she's been up to. I'm so glad you asked, Jackie. Kelly's mindless news is brought to you by Hydrojug. You guys have got to get your hands on the water bottle everyone is talking about, the Hydrojug. One of our new favorite items, these durable and reusable jugs hold more than half a gallon of water, so you will stay hydrated all day long. 
We love the Hydro Jug because, like we said, it holds half a gallon of water. You can hydrate more and refill less. It has a leak-proof seal. The water stays inside the bottle. It has a wide mouth opening, which makes it super easy to add fruit or ice or if you want to add some flavoring. It's just really easy. It also has a carry loop, which is an option to um, make it more easy to, to carry. It is dishwasher safe, BPA-free, shatterproof. It's just everything of the sort. And if you want to stay hydrated, have fun, be chic while doing it, check out the Hydro Jugs. You could choose from three different Hydro Jugs, the Pro, the Stainless, or the Glass. You can customize your hydrating experience, which is one of the best parts of the Hydro Jug. And it makes a perfect holiday gift because there's a color for everyone. They're super affordable and everyone needs a water bottle. So give the gift of hydration this year. Go to thehydrojug.com and use the discount code TOAST to get 10% off your offer today. So that's hydrojugs um, at thehydrojug.com. So T-H-E-H-Y-D-R-O-J-U-G.com. Code TOAST to get 10% off your order today. Thehydrojug.com. Start hydrating today. All right. Here's Kelly, and here's why she's being mindless. And today's mindless news actually comes from an extremely reputable, well, not extremely, but a much more reputable <laughs> News source, because we're usually going to Hello Magazine. It's giving good housekeeping. Today, People Magazine is disgracing themselves. Mm. Here's the headline. Kelly Ripa is done wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> and Mark Consuelos approves. I like your boyfriend jeans. So thank you, Colleen Cratifil, for writing this gorgeous article that goes like this. Like many others who hunkered down at home, and found themselves trading sweats for workwear amid the COVID-19 pandemic, Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos experienced the highs and lows of dressing in pre-pandemic pieces again. During Wednesday's episode of Live with Ryan and Kelly, Ripa's husband of 25 years, Consuelos, filled in for co-host Ryan Seacrest, where they got into the topic of shopping out of their closets. I'm very excited. I fit into my jacket that I haven't been able to fit into since we started this whole madness a year and a half ago, Consuelos said, ever the relatable king. Adding, I started shopping in my closet again, to which Rippa replied, isn't that the best? Oh, my God. While Rippa says, while Rippa says when she looks at Consuelos, she doesn't see that he may have trouble fitting into certain items like a suit he tried on the other day. He concurred, yeah, we're all going through it. But for Rippa, the pandemic meant taking time to finally purge certain pieces from her closet. Here's the statement of the century. <laughs> Do you know what I finally did? I finally parted with things that were just a pipe dream, she said. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I'm not doing it anymore. This is a thing of the past. This is never going to happen for me again. And TikTok says it's inappropriate for me to wear these things. But that doesn't mean everything was tossed, according to People magazine. Kelly continued, I have clothing that is older than my kids, and they are some of the best pieces of clothing I have. I will never part with them, even if it means I have to add them, have them restitched at times. Sometimes I have to have to let them out. Sometimes I have to get them taken in, which is celebratory. Oh, so toxic, Kelly. But I never <laughs> part with any, I never part with anything ever. That's not begging to be parted with. I don't need skinny jeans anymore because my boyfriend jeans now fit like skinny jeans. One of the blessings of COVID. Oh, Kelly, ever the relatable, sustainable queen. No, you sharing this, like, I feel seen. I feel empowered. Right. I no, feel. I was worried before, like, I was going to clean out my closet, but I was like, 
hmm, Kelly Ripa hasn't cleaned out her closet yet, so how could I possibly do that? Right. And now with this information that I have, knowing that she found the courage and the strength to clean out her closet, like, my weekend just got, like, jam-packed. I'm cleaning out my closet. No, totally. And will you be wearing your boyfriend jeans as skinny jeans? Well, I don't have that problem. That's one thing me and Kelly kind of differ from. Like, my skinny jeans, um, no, like, okay, <laughs> Kelly's skinny jeans would be gloves on me. Okay. Like, that's where we differ. But that's what I love about Kelly. She's constantly making us all feel like like our true selves. Yeah. No, we're all in the same boat. Thanks to Kelly. <laughs> um, so that was the Kelly's Mindless News. That was our show. Um, one more before the year's over, Jackie. How are you feeling? I'm feeling excited. I'm really looking forward to putting this year, you know, behind us in the rear view it's been I mean it's like personally speaking it's been you know such a exciting year and I look forward to what's next but I feel like overall as a year in general it's like not good I wouldn't say I mean coming off of 2020 it was obviously better than that but it wasn't the year we thought it was going to be like it was still like kind of torturous this like interim period where like we can go, but we can, and we still have COVID. Like, it wasn't nearly as bad as 2020, but it was low-key, like, boring, uneventful. I, yeah, I don't know if it was any better than 2020. I think there was, like, maybe more optimism going into it, but it's been a, it was I don't know. definitely better. Like, I got to do shows. We went to, well, you didn't, but I went to That's concerts. That's true. Like, that that is better. true. Yeah. I just, like, ending this year in the way that we are, I'm just like back in quarantine worried about 2022 as well no totally you know because it doesn't feel like we're making any progress but we are we are we have to I have to hold on to that small bit of hope please don't take please that away from okay me. I'm not going to take that away from you if you want to be an optimistic queen I love that for you and I, I will support you and I won't you. you know I won't I won't let you know what's going on <laughs> what's actually that. going on <laughs> Um, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us the Morning Toast and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. If you made it to the end of this episode, thank you so much for like actually listening to us. We really feel heard. And to let us know that you made it to the end, why don't you go drop an emoji on our most recent Instagram, perhaps a pair of jeans to honor the ones Kelly can no longer fit into. Love Thank you that. guys so much. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.